0: Welcome to the next episode of the Hondo Handy Podcast, brought to you today by Ed Hyman Drywall and Custom Painting, as well as Power Washing, located at 36722 Roxana Road in Southernville, Delaware. You can call 302-436-6277 or find them on the web at edhymandrywall.com. My guest today is Landon Milburn. How are you doing today, Landon? I'm
1: doing good. Can't complain. Staying out of it. Staying out of the way, trying to stay safe and healthy uh, in yeah,
0: this crazy stay safe. time. So. Landon, let me give my listeners a little bit of background uh, on you before we get started. Um, Landon is a retired professional athlete and a serial entrepreneur, a self-taught and business development through a successful eight years of experience as a business owner. He's the co-founder of New Level Management Group, his most recent business venture is e-commerce section with JLEC.com. He is the co-founder and vice president. I'm sure I didn't pronounce that right. Sorry. Uh, he played professional basketball overseas for nine and a half years. Uh, Lando also worked out with the Washington Wizards, the Indiana Pacers, the Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, Sacramento Kings, before playing for the NBA Atlanta Hawks summer team. He next headed over to France to start his professional career, where he won the NBA championship in 2012 while in France. He also made the All-Israel second team and was also on the Israel uh, All-Star team in 2017. He played for four years with the University of Maryland and head coach Gary Williams, winning the ACC tournament regular season in 2010 and making the NCAA tournament three times. He was also voted the team captain his senior year. Landon, quite an achievement in a short period of time.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A lot of hard work and dedication.
0: Well, Landon, tell me a little bit about your upbringing. Maybe what schools what school you attended before high school and uh, what other sports you might have played before basketball?
1: Um, to be honest, I've always, I was always interested in basketball more than anything. You know, as for my father, my father played professionally for over 10 years. Um, he graduated from Salisbury State University. So growing up, watching him play, um, that was pretty much the only sport I was really interested in enough to, to pursue long term. Um, me, my mother and my sister actually relocated to Georgia when I was around 12 years old. So um, my high school, I went to a private school called St. Francis uh, Academy. And Alpharetta, Georgia um, was one of, the, one of the most prestigious um, academic schools in the area. Um, and, we, and also happened to have a very good uh, basketball team as well. Um, we ended up uh, making it to the state, state uh, finals twice. Um, and my senior year, I actually transferred and went to Oak Hill Academy um, in Mount Wilson, Virginia. For those of you who know, it's one of the most uh, prominent basketball schools in the nation. Uh, went there for my senior year, graduated, uh, was able to play um, in a starter position, and um, basically hone my skills and get a little bit more uh, tuned up for my college experience. When I um, went into Maryland my freshman year, I definitely had the opportunity to play at a high level uh, going into that, so it wasn't such a surprise for me. Well,
0: I, I know it was in your blood. I just wanted to do. You remember uh, your your first uh, basketball camp?
1: Uh, my first basketball camp, like as a child, I probably yes. don't remember. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. of stuff from my from my early childhood that I I can't I can't recall. I, but
0: I remember it was at the Ocean City Recreation the Parks All Star Basketball Camp. Uh, you came in okay. there with your, your father,
1: yeah.
0: Um, and uh, from there, you just shot on. But I do remember um, when your mother had a uh, hair salon in the Berlin. And I gave you a basketball, which i I probably got you in trouble because you had these duties you're supposed to be doing in the shop and when i once I gave you that basketball, all you did was it almost all day outside in the parking lot, yeah and, and she was a little upset with me for giving you that ball i think
1: yeah i mean it was uh, that was one of those things where the interest was already there. But you know, yeah. once once I got a basketball, it was pretty much over with. So my grandfather actually had to put a court up um, uh-huh. in the backyard of his of his uh, of his home, so I could uh, <laughs> have somewhere to shoot because you know people was just tired of just seeing me dribble all day. Right. Yeah.
0: So um, you you guys moved to uh, did you did you go to Ocean City Elementary School when you were young?
1: Um, I did go to uh, City Elementary, and I also went to Buckingham Elementary.
0: And, Buck- and Buckingham? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, when you moved to Atlanta, and uh, of course you know that was a, a haven for basketball, did you uh, right away play in the AAU circuit, or were you just in the middle school playing?
1: Um, at first, I was just in the middle school. Um, my first experience uh, when I went to um, – middle school in North Cross, Georgia, they didn't have a team for the okay. for the school uh, we just played in gym class and that was that was pretty good for me just um having my first time being able to play against guys who were a little bit older than me but could still um still learn at that time and right. the the next school I went to they did have a team um I wasn't able to make the team that year because I was oh. struggling with grades at that time. Um, and then the following year, uh, I got my grades. Everything was was good. Um, I started to to be a little bit more proactive with that, and I was able to make the team. So once once I actually went to the tryout for my middle school team, one of the assistant coaches was connected to one of the top uh, AAU teams in the state, and he oh. saw he saw my practice, and he spoke to me after the um, after the tryout. And asked me, was I interested in going to AAU? I had no idea what AAU was. <laughs> he tried to break it down for me, and once he said that they were they were traveling and they were ranked six in the nation last year and all that, so I was like, yeah, why not? So I asked my mom, could oh, I no. go to the to the to the uh, to the tryout for the AAU team? And she said, yeah. So we went out there. Um, I tried out for the team and made it. So that was, um, you know, I ended up making two teams within like a week. And that was uh, pretty good. That was kind of like opening up the whole, you know, all the doors for me for basketball right. at that point.
0: Right. So you continue to play uh, uh, the AAU circuit while you were in high school and because I heard you won a uh, – uh, as you got older, I guess, I heard you won an AAU national championship somewhere in Florida.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. So um, the team that I was playing I, – I was actually playing on two teams. I was playing on okay. – um, the, the team in my age bracket and I was playing on the team that was a year um, ahead of mine because okay. i was um, I was in between in, in my in my age and I was talented enough to play on the the, the top team for the uh, older division as well. So what happened was we were coming in up on the tail end of our season for my um for my for my age bracket and we pretty much finished off our last tournament. We didn't make it to the championship, Um, but the older team needed some extra players as they pursued their championship. So I left my younger team and went back to the um, full time with the uh, with the older team and they had their tournament in Orlando. um, And I was able to contribute there. It was actually me um, and Jody Meeks, who played in the NBA for a while. We actually went to high school together and we were on the same AAU team and um, wow. in the same age bracket. So me and him actually moved from our age bracket up to to the top, uh, to the higher age bracket, and joined uh, Lewis Williams, Mike Mercer, and those guys on their team. So, oh, uh, Lewis Williams, Yeah, yeah. So he was on the, um, the age bracket higher than mine, and I was able to play with him and his team and help them pursue a national championship. So I definitely uh, contributed, um, had some great highlights, got a chance to show off my skills in front of scouts, that were, you know, and, you know, you playing on a team with, with Lewis Williams in high school, you could imagine what the stands look like as right. far as the scouts and everything. So I got a lot of exposure. Um, we won the championship and that was great. You know, it was a great notch under my belt. I'll
0: well, tell you what, it must have been a great team and a great opportunity for you.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: Absolutely. I know you don't remember your team name, do you?
1: Yeah, the Georgia Stars. The Georgia, Georgia Stars. Georgia. They're still wow. around. They're still around. They're still doing very great in the, in the AAU circuit.
0: Wow, oh. and you mentioned you played for uh, St. Francis, and um, I see that uh, you know. I guess it was your junior year. You you, you did say you, you led the team to a twenty nine and one record. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You averaged twenty three points, nine rebounds, and four blocks. Because that was your uh, big thing. Because you were named the as a as a junior, uh, because you were named the defensive player of the year as a sophomore and mm-hmm. a junior yeah. and your junior year. So that's That's
1: almost incredible. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that opened a lot of people's eyes because um, especially coming from, you know, the AAU circuit that I came from and having the talent that I had, most of the kids my age, everybody was pretty much focused on trying to score. Um, And for me to be able to show both sides of the game, it kind of opened a lot of people's eyes. Once once I I was able to get defensive player of the year um, and have that amount of points with our record, um you know the the au the au circuit brought a lot of eyes to my talent with college coaches and college right. scouts um and then when the au circuit is over the only thing left is high school basketball so now they have to come and see us in our high school gyms and that right. was, that's what kind of helped um a lot of the people on my high school team because you know high school is one of those things where a lot of guys don't they might not get the opportunity to get a scholarship to a D one school because D one right. schools are not looking at everybody on that team. Um right. but to have the exposure on the AU circuit um and have enough of uh, uh enough recognition from the coaches to come and see us in person, it got it got the other players on my team a little bit more riled up. It got them right. more opportunities, got them more exposure and it helped us play better. So it was a win win for everybody.
0: Well it done an excellent point there. Yeah, sure. Um, Landon, you did uh, after your junior year uh, there at Saint Francis, you, you decided to play at Oak Hill. You got a chance to play at Oak Hill uh, Academy. It's called down in uh, Martha Wilson in Virginia. Yes, and uh, man, that was that must have been a real thrill.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. Um, another lucky, another lucky opportunity for me actually came. Uh, um, it was probably a month before preseason in my high school. Um, no, I'm sorry. It was right after the after the postseason of my high school year, okay. um, my junior year. Um, I sat down with the uh, the dean in my school and the um, the, the headmaster of my school, and we just spoke because there, you know, everybody's was big on the basketball. There's a very small school. We only had about four or five hundred students, and right. and our gym was so packed for our games. You know, everybody was kind of focused on basketball. So we sat down and we just met and just talked about. You know, what I thought about the season, where where we're going, you know, just the regular wow. postseason talks. And um something had happened between uh the head coach and the um the management at my school, and oh. they decided to let the coach go. And the um the assistant coach with whom I was a little bit more closer with, he was uh supposed to be next up for that position. Something happened there. Um, long story short, Um, The staff that I that we had for the team when we were doing great um, completely changed overnight and it didn't look so promising for next season. Um, Simultaneously, my assistant coach actually had um, interactions with Steve Smith, the head coach from Oak Hill Academy. He he informed him of the time um, of the of the Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was actually playing small forward position at Oak Hill Academy. While I was at St. Francis, he was having some issues um, at the school uh, as far as eligibility and and getting his grades right for college. Um, So he decided to leave Oak Hill Academy and go to Montrose Christian. So that small forward position was completely open. And my assistant coach pitched me for that opportunity. And Oak Hill Hill said they were interested. So they wanted me to come up for a visit. Um, We drove up there for a visit. We, We walked around the school, got to meet a lot of people. Um, look at the court, meet the players, all that all that type of stuff. Um, right. You know, Steve Smith basically said, if you want to come here, you got a spot. Um, oh, man, it's that completely nice. up to you. So, you know, I came back to my school, talked to my headmaster, and dean, asked them, you know, what 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 do they think about the opportunity? And at first, I thought, you know, for them, after us having this meeting and us thinking about the future, I right. thought that they might think that it was like almost like a slap in the face, like you can't leave us now. But right, right. actually, they actually. Um, Motivated me to go, you know. Uh, the, the headmaster specifically said, "If you were to leave us and go to any school, I would want it to be Oak Hill." Um, wow. You know, so it, he was like, you know, definitely pursue it. Go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, get that notch under your belt. Um, just make sure you don't forget about us. Come back and visit when you can. And that was pretty much it. So um, I pursued it. Went to Oak Hill. Um, it was an amazing opportunity. Not much different than AAU as far as the traveling. Um right. only that, you know, we're in high school during the season, so we left campus a lot. You know, we got to travel, playing big tournaments, huge crowds, ESPN yeah. games. Um yeah, you know, it's Jordan sponsor. You know, it was it was a great experience as far as basketball is concerned, and um and it was um it was it was it was good. It was good for my resume for sure.
0: Well Landon, did you um ever or have you ever had a chance to go back to your uh uh Saint Francis?
1: Yeah, I did. Um I was frequently going back uh almost every summer when I was playing okay. um overseas just to check up on everybody. Um right, right. at this point, you know, we pretty much everybody except maybe two or three people in the staff have pretty much uh, left. Um right, so right. it's not really many people there that I that I that I know, but um but the support is always there, um especially, you know, with with the uh the staff members who moved on and and are doing bigger and better things. We keep in touch, you know, whatever, right. however we can.
0: Well, at Oak Hill Academy, when you went that senior year, the team was 40-1, and one, set a new uh, record with single-season wins, and you were one of the five players averaging in double figures. Mm-hmm. And what was amazing is that you were shooting 56% from the floor and then 52% from the beyond the three-point line. That's, mm-hmm. that's that's outstanding, Landon.
1: Yeah, absolutely yeah so I mean that was that was that was great for me to prove um you know previous to that at Saint Francis my shooting my shooting percentages wasn't wasn't as as good, and a lot of people you know they say if you if you have the green light on the team and you're the guy that shoots everything um you know let's see if you can translate those numbers to a team where you don't get as many shots or many opportunities um right. you know and that and then you start looking at percentages so since my percentage actually rose. Um, people, you know, they pretty much knew, like, okay, this guy can play at a higher level um, for sure now. So,
0: Um, Landon, um, tell me about your journey to college. Uh, Was the University of Maryland your first choice, or were there other colleges interested in your talents?
1: Um, There were a lot of colleges interested. uh, Starting, I would say, my junior year, Um, after having a year, uh, or not a year but a summer under my belt from um, AAU uh, uh, you know the whole college college um thing you know they got to see my talent so they started sending letters um started getting a lot of letters from different schools mostly in the southeast region
0: um, what were some of the schools
1: um any any school you could imagine to be honest with you uh the first, a lot of them huh? yeah yeah i mean every every school in georgia every school in alabama florida wow. um tennessee and beyond so uh, the southeast region was pretty much, and, and that was, and that was kind of, that was kind of uh, mandatory, I guess you could say, for probably everybody in the starting five for my AU team, just because our AU team and our program was so well known. Um, right. So you know, if you place anybody in the starting five on a Georgia Stars team, they're going to get college looks. So wow. I wasn't really taking it to. Serious at the time, because everybody on my team was like, "Yeah, they sent me a letter too, oh yeah, you just sent me a letter too right, so, right, right. so it wasn't right, right, and they were all kind of you know the, the college letters they seem cool, but once you start to open them and read them, it's pretty much send the same thing to everybody so um yeah. you know what with us, what we realized was if they if they come to the games, then they really care um you know, if That's I get right. a letter from a certain school and then we have a game and I see them in the stands with their polo and the logo on and then you know we travel out of state and they're there too now you can see that there's real interest so um for me it was uh three main schools that that had uh high interest in me and i was only interested in one out of those three uh, which was georgia tech at that particular time maryland wasn't even pursuing me cuz they hadn't seen me play yet um, okay. we hadn't have had it, we hadn't had a game in maryland we mm-hmm. hadn't had a game anywhere uh, close to Maryland other than Virginia. I think we had a, a tournament in Virginia a few times. But um, but other than that, Maryland really wasn't on the radar, uh, or I wasn't on their radar at the time. So I was pursuing Georgia Tech. Um, Paul Hewitt was the coach at that point. He was coming to every single one of my games, high school wow. and AAU. Um, you know, we got an opportunity to, to, to come by for an unofficial visit. Um, you know, so I was really going to go, I was end up, I was going to end up going there. Um, and, and that was only because I I didn't see Maryland, you know, making any calls or making any attempts to come see me play. Um, my, my high school coach, my assistant coach, the same coach that helped me get to Oak Hill sat down and asked me, uh, where do you want to go? Because we had a UGA coach call. He wanted to give you, he wanted to talk to you, uh, Tuesday at school. You didn't seem like you were interested, so now what, what? What do you want to do? And I told him I wanted to go back to Maryland, and he asked me yeah. if, he, if I got any letters. I said no, so he went upon himself to go reach out to see if there was any interest. I don't know okay. if he said any film to them or not, but next um, thing I know, they showed up at practice. So, wow. you know, and This was this was in the off season for AAU. This was a postseason, a preseason for high school. So they came to see us work out. Um, I think Rob Moxley was uh, the coach that came. He came, he watched us uh, work out, watched me work out, and um, you know we couldn't really communicate, but uh, after, after the practice, he pretty much told my coaches that we're definitely interested. He said, if it was up to him, they'd give me a full ride right now. But wow. he has to go back to Coach Williams and discuss it and this and that. Right. So I knew that I was kind of going to be on the table in the future, so at that point it was going to be between Georgia Tech and Maryland and once Gary Williams actually came to see me play I knew it was wow. serious cuz he doesn't really he doesn't really go see anybody play he doesn't really right. he's not really active in the recruiting process um uh-huh. as most people know so for him to show up at my game it was huge it was him and coach Booth that actually came um at that time and um after that you know I had an offer on the table um right. so so those were the two schools that I was going to um pursue and um, it was it was Georgia Tech and Maryland. That was pretty much all I was all I had my eyes set on at that time.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, you came in uh, to Maryland with a great, great class of Grievous and and Eric Vasquez and Eric Hayes, mm-hmm. and and you played all four years for the Terps, uh, yep. right? Yep,
1: all four years. All four years.
0: And and, and during your senior year, Atlanta uh, you led the team in, uh, with 35 and with thirty five blocks. Again, shooting a good percentage, 49% from the field. You finished the, the team uh, in uh, scoring, second in the team in scoring 11.4 and 5.2 rebounds uh, during your senior year. And uh, during your senior year, you were voted uh, captain of the team. So that was that was a great uh, achievement right there.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Um, Landon, while you were, I have to ask this while you were playing for Maryland, um I got to see you play a lot of games, but what were the two toughest ACC arenas that you played in?
1: Two toughest arenas. Um I would think I, I think I think my answers will surprise a lot of people. Uh, uh I think the first toughest was, was, was um Vanderbilt. Um because of, because of the floor. Not necessarily because of the fans or or anything, or the atmosphere, or anything. It's it's more about the floor. Um, one thing about me, as as a basketball player, especially you know being able to play at a high level, I never really pay too much attention to the crowd. The crowd doesn't really affect me. When I'm on the court, I don't even really hear the crowd as much. Um, I just kind of focus on the floor. If the floor has you know dead spots where the ball doesn't bounce well, or you know the rims are too tight and the ball is hard hard to get the ball in there even sometimes if the net doesn't, doesn't, um doesn't move well, I, I have an issue. So, you know, there's, there's certain things on the court that I, I pay attention to, how how ball, the ball, is the ball bouncy enough? Does it have enough air in it? Is it a brand new right. ball? Is the grip on it right? You know, some, some of those things uh, people in the stands might not be able to pay attention to, but you know, people that know the inner workings of basketball and how that works, all those little things can have an effect on the opposing team because the home team has the advantage. They know they're comfortable with all those elements. Um right. so if you don't have a familiarity with it and it's so much different from your home court, you might struggle a little bit. So, you know, Vanderbilt was 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 tough. Um uh Wake Forest was a tough one. Uh and playing at the Verizon Center, I, I didn't like that at all. Actually, I didn't. Um, no, I didn't because they had some spots on the floor, and, and the rims, I didn't I didn't like the backdrop. It was it was those type of things. Um, right, right. You know, people expect for me to say Duke and North Carolina, but to be honest, those was like my favorite courts to play on. Uh, right. Duke's floor was it's a smaller gym, so it's like right. almost like a practice type gym, practice type feel. The rims are, are great. You know, Carolina's rims are great, so no, nah, those those I like playing in those gyms. So you enjoy
0: those too?
1: Yeah, I like I like playing in those gyms. I like playing in uh in um in uh, UNC's gyms and even uh NC State had a good rims. So okay. yeah, I'm I'm focused on the floor, the rims, the balls, not necessarily the atmosphere atmosphere and fans. Oh, yeah.
0: Lena, what was your major at Maryland?
1: Uh, criminal justice.
0: Criminal justice. Okay. Yeah. Um, so you uh, mentioned that you had a, a, a long career playing overseas. Um, what were some of the? What was the first team you played for?
1: First team I played for was um, a team in Boulogne, France. Um, okay. Yeah, we were in the second division. Uh, this team had actually just been uh, promoted to the second division. They won the championship in the third division. Um, their goal was to uh, solidify themselves in the second league so that they can get in position to make it to the first division. Okay. My job coming to that team was to carry the load for them. To um, the goal was to reach playoffs. If they right. didn't, if they didn't reach the playoffs, then they would pretty much let everybody know that making them making it to the second division was a fluke. So right. if they could solidify themselves in the playoff position. Then everybody will recognize that they're a team to be reckoned with for the following year. So that was my that was my um, that was my way into professional sports. Only because my NBA um, opportunity wasn't as it wasn't as uh, as easy as I wanted it to be. Right. Um, I would have to to pursue um, another summer league or try to make it to a vet camp and hopefully get picked up through the G League or D League or something like that. I just didn't want to take that route. So what I had on the table at that time was a few first division teams with um, a little lower money or a second division team with a little higher money. So I decided to take the second division opportunity and, uh, and pursue it that way.
0: And you guys ended up, uh, I don't know if it was the first or second year, year—in winning that elite championship.
1: Yeah, so my second year, um, because my first year was so great, and the uh, the season, we you know we exceeded expectations. We not only made it to the playoffs, but we actually made it to the semifinals. And wow. so I was able to take that opportunity and maximize it. And um, my second year, I actually moved to another team who had just got downgraded from the first division to the second division, and they wanted oh. to go back to the first division. So my assignment there was to carry the load and help them put uh, help them win the playoffs. So we actually won the playoffs, made it to the first division, and, um, and, that, and that goal was accomplished as well. But, well, Landon,
0: what were some of the other countries that you played for, um, played, played
1: in? Yeah, so a- after uh, France, I moved to Greece. Um, I played in Athens for two years. Uh, after, right. after Greece, I went to Italy, played there for one year. After that, I went to Spain, from right. Spain to Puerto Rico, from Puerto Rico to the Dominican Republic to the Dominican Republic, to Israel, from Israel back to Italy, from (laughs) Italy back to Israel, and then I retired.
0: (laughs) Wow. I'll tell you what, um, uh, you really got a chance to tour a lot of countries Mm -hmm. What? Which country did you enjoy the best?
1: Uh, Me and my wife talk about it all the time. Two two different countries for two different reasons. Um, The best country for me, uh, living-wise, I like Greece the most. Okay. Um, Greece, you know, the food was amazing. Uh, I was in Athens, so it was pretty, you know, uh, it was, it was yeah. I had access to pretty much everything, even American American stuff, American restaurants. Um, uh, you know, the water is right there, so we were close to the beach. Um, you know, mm. everything was pretty much good out there as far as living um, is concerned. Uh, basketball was great, too. It's just the economy in Greece was so up and down. It was kinda of tough dealing with the money over there. Okay. Um, and then as far as basketball is concerned, I liked Israel the most. Israel kind of fit my style really? more than any other um any other country I played in. Israel and Puerto Rico were probably the two countries that fit my style the most.
0: So so your wife didn't agree with you?
1: Um she liked she liked Greece and Italy. Okay. Um she liked Italy a lot um you know Italy was a great place for shopping and it had more tourist locations and um you know the the vineyards out there wine and all that type of stuff so she enjoyed that um that's that part of it i just didn't like the style of basketball in italy too much it didn't really um fit my game as well even though my my um i had i had a high interest in italy always i just didn't like the style of play out there as much. Okay. Yeah. Landon,
0: um, is there anything else you want to mention about playing overseas?
1: Um, as far as just playing overseas, I mean, it was a great experience. You know, I definitely got a chance to see um, and play in other countries. Um, crazy thing, me and my father actually played at the same time. My rookie year um, <laughs> was his last year, so we were both playing at the same time. When he had a break, he flew from um, – he flew from Finland to France to come and see me play for like a week, and then he, and then he flew back, so that was pretty crazy, um, definitely a one in once in a lifetime experience um, Now,
0: what's, so, what's the story I hear that you went over and visited him once. I guess you were still in high school,
1: yeah, yeah, and yeah so
0: he said i don't know if I could do this
1: <laughs> yeah so, so me and, uh me and, me and my uncle troy, we actually flew over there to visit my dad for Christmas um for a week. And when That's he was it. in Finland. So uh-huh. um so yeah, that that whole that whole experience was just different because, you know, when you're in Finland, it's 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 already different. First of all, you only get probably like four or five hours of sunlight. Um, you know, it was it was in the wintertime, right. so it was super cold. cold. Uh nothing was pretty much there's really nothing to do. Right. Um, you know, and then I went we actually had a few road games that I went um on the road with him with. And you know, just the, the the gyms, the atmosphere, the environment. It was a it was it was the country that I didn't like. It wasn't necessarily, you know, the lifestyle playing overseas right. because it varies from country to country. So, you right. know, for, for me to see that firsthand, I think that might have <laughs> been like the 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 worst opportunity <laughs> that I would want to <laughs> go to. Even though for him it wasn't a bad opportunity because we, you know, right. we have different Different things that we look for, different values. Right. So right. for him, it was cool. But for me at that time, as a teenager in high school, I was like, nah, <laughs> I don't really know about this. So,
0: Atlanta, nah, um, you ready to get something? What else? Yeah, <laughs> <add>? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Atlanta, hey, hey, uh, what role do you think good sportsmanship plays in the life of an athlete?
1: Um, good sportsmanship is, I mean, it's key because, uh, for one, you know, we're not real life enemies on the court, even though we might be opponents. Um, at the end of the day, it is a game um, understanding that, you know, every opponent that you have, whether it's right. a, a tough opponent or, 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 easy opponent, you can take that opportunity to become a better player or a better person. Um, you know, right. using good sportsmanship allows you to maximize every opportunity or every, um, every competition to be honest.
0: Right. Um, for the youth today, what would you tell them about following their goal in life?
1: Uh, following your goals in life, for me, um, I would say you always want to look at people who have achieved some of the goals that you, have, that you want to achieve in life. Um, if you can find those people and, and, and almost study them, um, you can kind of almost mimic what, they're, what they've done and mimic their path to success um, when it comes down to sports. You know, the most obvious thing is to look at the people who you want to mold your game after, uh, people that, that might have certain moves or certain tactics that they use to win or expose their opponents and try to mimic that within your game. Um, a lot of the things that we do in life have been done before. Um, There's nothing new out of, under the sun. So if you, can, if you can find someone who can help motivate you to uh, move a certain way, or or live your life a certain way, that's always a good thing.
0: And I think that's excellent. Uh, Lena, I'm not sure, but I think while you were overseas playing ball, uh, you actually wrote a couple books. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Did you write one over there or two?
1: I wrote two books. I wrote two books. My first book, uh, A Million Wins, and my second book, Be a Wolf.
0: I think they're both uh, uh, very interesting. Um, yeah. uh but that was you know that was excellent you found time to do that while you were playing uh, that's that's a uh, uh it's hard to believe That you got a yeah. chance to do that but like maybe uh, you had something on your mind and you want to get it down on writing, writing.
1: yeah no, that's 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 another blessing that um that the overseas basketball has um has given me just the freedom the time um people a lot of people don't understand um, professional sports, you know, it's not necessarily like a nine-to-five job. Right. Um, if I have a practice, if I have to go to practice today, I'm only going to practice for two, two or three hours at the most. After practice right. is over, I got the rest of the day to myself. So if we're not traveling or if we're not doing tour days or if it's not game day, then I'm going to have a lot more free time than the average person. And some of the mistakes that a lot of players make is, they use their free time for stuff that's not necessarily gonna help them in their future. So what I I made a conscious decision to, to focus my time and energy on things that are gonna help me after basketball. Um, you know, not waste my time just playing video games or on FaceTime with people. I I, I read a lot of books, um, I wrote a lot, um, you know, I, I did different investments, um, researched different things, you know, helped myself go out there and try to establish different relationships with people in the business world to try to move things forward and put myself in a place to where I wasn't necessarily forced out of basketball. I could kind of walk away comfortably. And that was my goal from day one.
0: Well, um, I t- the one, the book that a million wins uh, uh, focuses on mastering the challenges of personal growth, family and business yeah. and um, uh, be aligned, uh, you know, it's, Talks about uh, a tool to put you back on track, to claim uh, your rightful place in nature and before fulfill uh, your truth on, and purpose on uh, on the earth. I think there are two good uh, topics that you picked.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, so my, my first book, um, I was motivated to write that because uh, it was a locker room thing. Um, you know, for me being, coming in as a rookie and only being able to Relate to to the veteran players in the team, and then transitioning into a veteran space and not being able to connect as much to the, the rookie players. It was kind of a connection type thing because we have conversations in the locker room that aren't necessarily um, focused on anything outside of um, outside of of, of you That's know just right. day to day day to day stuff that doesn't matter. So we right. we would we would have conversations in the locker room that were irrelevant. And I would try to change the sub topic and talk about things that we that we de- that we really need to talk about, whether it's basketball or not, whether it's just regular life stuff or retirement or agents, whatever the case may be. Those right. conversations were, I don't want to say uncomfortable for people, but they just weren't interested in having those conversations. So, right. um, and, and then you know, full circle comes around where I'm getting near my retirement, and we're having right. conversations with guys, and they're like. You know, what are you going to do? What is this? What, what, how do you do that? Um, well, you know, I want to get into this. I want to get into that. So the conversation started to shift a little bit and people started asking me a little bit more questions because I've shown a little bit of experience and things that they were interested in. So I, I decided to write a book because, um, for one, it's impossible for me to talk on the phone and communicate with every single player who's interested in the stuff that I'm into. Um, right. But two, understanding that there's new players coming in Um, to the professional sports every single year with the same questions, the same issues. And we all going to retire at some point and want to do something outside of basketball that's going to help us sustain our future financially. So I decided to write that book just to lay everything out, just to let everybody know what I'm into, what I've done, why I'm into it, what other books I've read, um, and, and just give people a guide to, uh, to kind of follow to help them get on the right track. And, um, not to say that I'm, you know, on the right track or or um or but, doing something, uh, you know, extremely, you know, better than anyone else. But right, right. just from the conversations that I've had, I know that, you know, the things that I'm into are a lot of are, are a lot of players are interested in as well. So I'm just gonna give insight any way right. I see fit. So.
0: Um well Landon, um you you have been involved in a a lot of ventures, uh uh, doing your time as a pro athlete and, and after uh, now, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. So what, what are some of the ventures you've been involved with?
1: Um, mainly e-commerce. Um, you know, when I first retired, I was, uh, all the way into real estate, um, on every level as far as investing, um, kind of, you know, pursuing the rental properties, uh, buying, it. buying, selling, um, fixing, flipping, um wholesaling my wife got a realtor license so we were all the way into real estate um on all levels at that point Um, Uh and quickly realized that that business doesn't really fit well with the lifestyle i wanted to live as far as being an active investor fixing flip flipping properties um i wanted to kind of be a little bit more passive um i didn't want to have to be outside the house every day so i started looking into e-commerce Actually, actually got in touch with an old friend of mine who used to play ball overseas. He was in the e-commerce. Um, he was able to retire from it, so we ended up doing um, a partnership and and building a company together, um, which happened to go pretty well. Uh, once I was able to 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 have that business going and feel comfortable enough to retire without having to continue to look at my phone to see what opportunities is out there. Um, on the one foot, the one foot in, one foot out thing. I um, I was able to feel comfortable enough to walk away completely. And then from there, I was able to get what I needed to jump back into real estate and all these other things that I was interested in so that I can, um, you know, uh, fulfill my purpose, whatever that may be, and just try different things and get those experiences. Because without those experiences, I can't, can't really see, you know, whatever, what direction I need to be focusing in. So um, e-commerce was the main thing. Um, then we got a chance to to deal with the real estate, um, and then we got a chance to start looking uh, looking more heavily into different investment vehicles like the stock market and and um, and other and other things as far as buying businesses and investing in other uh, ventures with with partners that I established and partners that I know, but know that are still planning overseas or not planning overseas. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Landon,
0: tell tell my listeners what the e-commerce is all about.
1: So e-commerce basically is just uh, um, uh, internet internet commerce, basically. So anything that you can purchase online or sell online, um, no physical location, no physical stores, no physical inventory most of the time. Um, um, You know, with everything that's going on with this COVID-19 thing, you know, especially when it just hit, it was very difficult for us to go to malls um even more difficult for us to go to grocery stores. some of us some of them are limiting how many people they can have in the stores um right. so a lot of people don't really want that face to face interaction anymore just for safety reasons, but they mm-hmm. still need to get the products that they want so e commerce allows people to buy and sell anything that they need out of the comfort of their own home or wherever they're at It's a remote uh remote business. you can be anywhere running um so that was pretty much ideal for me. Because if right. I did decide to go back overseas, it's something that I could still have and, and operate while I'm over there because all you need is the internet.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, excellent. Yeah. Well, um, Landon, you have now uh, relocated to Maryland. Yes. And uh, with your wife, uh, is it Danielle? Yes. And, and you have a baby there.
1: Yeah, yeah, three year old. Oh, that
0: changes things a little bit,
1: right, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. So, I mean, for me, you know, um, you know, I played overseas, and um, we was actually I was actually married while I was overseas. So, um, wow. my my daughter was born in Israel. Um She wow. she she was born in Israel. So she we already had that uh, the opportunity to live together in a foreign place. Uh, for a few years so we we had that experience you know we lived in um, you know me and my wife we lived in Greece, Italy and Israel together um, Puerto Rico together then with the baby you know the baby being born in Israel we was in Israel, Italy and uh, Puerto Rico uh, all three of us so you know we've (laughs) we've been able to be together and, and, and experience all these different things and now that we're home back in Maryland around all our family it's um, uh, it's an even better experience, but it's something that's not so familiar, especially with all this COVID stuff going on. We right. were already kind of insulated overseas, so now it's just like, okay, we're insulated back home, but at least right. we have our family close. So it's it's not much difference, but it is definitely a, a crazy experience.
0: Well, yeah. it'll be cool telling your daughter when she gets a little older that how many countries she's already visited. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um. Well, I just wanted to tell my listeners uh, uh, that you have been around success, as you mentioned. Your father, Andres, the Division Three all-time leading scorer, but your mother, uh, Keona Milburn, is a successful hairstylist in Atlanta. That's still correct.
1: Yes, absolutely. Good. Yeah, so, <clears throat> yeah. She's in Atlanta. Um, you know, she actually relocated, uh, us, us our family to Atlanta when I was young to start right. a career over again. Um. And she did pretty well for for herself. She did pretty well for us as a family. And um, one of the things that I, um, that we promised each other that one, I would graduate college, no matter what. Oh, I did that. Right. right (laughs) Because, you know, me, I'm like, I want to get to the league. If I can go one and done, that's fine. Even though I wasn't able to do that. You know, (laughs) it was one of those opportunities that I actually did have an opportunity to go overseas and play ball um, and leave early. Um, but she was like, no, absolutely not. Get your yeah. education first. Promise right. me you'll do that. So um, I made that promise. I stuck with it. And another promise was, uh, you know, depending on how much money I make, um, reinvest in the family. Help us get a family business going. So we was able to do that. Um, yeah. Get a get a hair salon going out there in, in Georgia. My my second year. Um, by the time I won my championship, we had we had a we had a, a hair salon. So. It was it was always two far with me um as far as basketball and business and then you know being able to give something to my mother and and, and help her um help put her in a situation where she's you know even more sustainable than she was before now without having to worry about paying for kids. Um right. that was something that I definitely wanted to do. So she's there, she's in Maryland, I mean she's in Georgia, um, you know, still still doing what she loves. But, you know, I guess a, l- a little less stress when it comes right. to her kids. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Landon, I remember your mother uh, speaking with her when you first got down there. I guess you were in middle school. And she said, well, I don't care about the basketball. If he don't do his grades, he's not playing. <laughs> exactly. And, and that's the year I guess you told me about
1: earlier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So she, she, she... That was the ultimatum for me. Um, I was I thought I was slick enough to to, <laughs> to play ball and not have to worry about that. But she said, you know, I don't care if they said that you're eligible to play with all C's. I don't you you're not getting all C's. You need at least <laughs> at least all B's. You know, so you need to pass my pass my eligibility. So <laughs> so yeah. So I had to I had to buckle down and get that get that oh, um,
0: fulfilled
1: for sure. But um yeah. I, I don't think I asked you.
0: It. This
1: before, but is there anything else you want to add? Um, no, that's that's pretty much it. You know, just wanted to um thank you for the opportunity and for all the listeners out there, definitely make sure you check out my book, A Million Wins. Um, you know, it's available on Amazon. We have audio book for Be A Wolf available on Apple Music. Um, and follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Well,
0: on that note, Len, uh, I I I think I'll bring our interview to an, uh, an end. Um, this has been the Hondo Handy, a podcast brought to you by Ed Hyman Drywall and Custom Painting and Power Washing, located at 36722 Roxana Road in Salem, Delaware. Call 302-436-6277 or find them on the web at com. My guest today has been Landon Milburn, a retired professional athlete. who's played professional basketball. For nine and a half years, and his co founded the New Level Management Group, and authored The Million Wins and Be Aligned. Go buy that book. Thank you, Landon. Um, All right, thank you. I uh, appreciate you being here, and i um, television tell every one of my uh, interviewers uh, be safe and, and keep smiling. Thank you.